Indian restaurants in generally, I say in about 10 years, will die down. Uh, you will very, probably Jersey, even Jersey probably will have one or two left. Well, we've got nine at the moment. You probably even have one. Most small restaurants like mine, you have to run it yourself. You're not a big restaurant where you can float in, float out, and you're not a franchise. I can't do that. My restaurant's passion is about love. I do it because I love what I do. I do what I love. My head of year said to me, I was very, uh, I was in secondary school, about 12, 13. Said to me, boy, back up, do something right, or you're going to end up in some Indian restaurant working hard. I said, that's what I want, sir. That's what I want. My guest today is Sam, the owner of Cafe Spice. We're going to talk today about his career journey, but also how he transformed Cafe Spice into the successful business that is today. Sam, I appreciate you finding time to come into Hospitality Insights, mm. especially because the way I like to say it, you know, same like I had Tom Howell from Prime Fry yeah. the other day, you are an operator and yeah. you are busy and I'm talking like crazy busy because you don't just work in your business, you work on your business and everything about it. Mm. So I want to know a bit about your background and how you got into this hospitality business. Can you give us a few details? Yeah, of course I can. Uh, it's very simple. I was born into it. I wasn't like something I chose to do or anything. I actually did choose it, but what it was, my granddad did it in Kolkata. Uh, my father did it in London and I followed in my father's footstep. What it was from an early age, I always saw my dad do cooking and stuff like that. We'd, to be honest, to get pocket money, we had to go to the restaurant, peel potatoes, onions, and every other Sunday we'd get a big sheep stuck on the table and my dad would say to us, carve it boys, because these days you can get um, like mutton and stuff like that, but those days you couldn't, so you had to carve. So I was nine years old, my dad would say, carve the sheep boy. And I said, yes dad, and uh, he kind of fell in love with it. And it was, that's all it was, it was just, even when I was young, uh, my head of year said to me, I was very, uh, I was in secondary school, about 12, 13, said to me, boy, back up, do something right, or you're going to end up in some Indian restaurant working hard. I said, that's what I want, sir. That's what I want. My dad's got one. My older brother's got one. My uncle's got one. I want one on my own, sir. So I ended up, um, that's how it was. It's just, I followed my dad's footsteps, walked into a restaurant trade and that was it. So then from there, how, how you got to Jersey? Cause you know, it's. I kind of got in the wrong plane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, my cousin used to work over here for a takeaway called Robin Hood. And uh, he wanted to go away for a bit. Couldn't go away. His boss said, don't uh, think. So he said, look, what I'll do, I'll bring you my cousin. He's only 18. <coughs> He's been in the trade pretty much from the age of 12, 10, you know, from a very early age. By the age of 15, I was a chef already. I was, I can give nights off, I can cook, I can do a lot of things. So my cousin said, I'll bring him over. That's how I ended up to Jersey. And the boss actually really liked me, offered me a job. I said, no boss, no, I work for my uncle. I want to go back. And I did go back, uh, went back. But you also came back. <laughs> yeah, what it was, I went back. Um, I didn't go with my uncle. I went to, with a friend to work in Norfolk and kind of muddled into a restaurant. I ended up opening a restaurant with him. Uh, because we we were working for a boss and so uh, that was in London. No, no, Norfolk. Uh, uh, Norfolk. In, okay. In Norfolk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what had happened was there's four of us. We went to work for a boss, and we worked six weeks for him. And then one morning we woke up and he wasn't there. He wasn't there at all, and he hasn't paid us oh, for like wow. three or four weeks. It wasn't really busy, and they he just disappeared, left us in the middle of the night, and then we thought, what are we gonna do? He hasn't paid us, and then our chef who was our main. Uh, oldest guy, he turned around and goes, why don't we do this? 
We've got chicken, we've got lamb, we've got all the stock. We'll just run it and see what happens. We run. I said, but we're not busy though. He said to me, look, there's no credit card those days, it's all cash. So he said, look, we'll see what happens. We'll just run it. And so we ran it for a bit, it wasn't busy. Uh, then we made an idea, we'll do a set menu, like the whole menu for six ninety five. people can come eat much as they like and stuff like that. We did that for a week, we ran out of stock, we came really busy. So we went down to the local bookers, we bought some more, we sold it. Six weeks later, the landlord came along, then the tax man came along, <laughs> and they chucked us out of the property. And then I fell in a little bit of debt because of all this mucking yeah. around. I ended up buying a car and stuff, so um, I thought Jersey pays really well. I called my cousin. He said, oh, oh there's a job going at Shapla, uh, St. Yeah. Tobin's. I said, sure, no problem. I'll come back. And this is in... And that was the old... Noise. Old, old Shapla. Yeah, this yeah. is back in 96. I came wow. in 95, you see. This was 96. I turned up there. But they only needed me for six weeks. And God rest the soul uh, of the guy who gave me the opportunity to be where I am today. His name was Brian Hudson. He really liked me. So he said, look, why don't you come work at the Viceroy's in Bath Street? He was the brother of the guy who brought me initially over. And that was it. I worked at the Vice Joys for about on and off for about six years, and then my proper. I went to help uh, become manager of Mutiara, what it was in Lamotshu, what is Indian Ocean now. Mm -hmm. And then Jaipur was opening up. I was about to leave, and Jaipur, my mate who owns Jaipur, the old Jaipur, not the new one. Oh. There was a smaller Jaipur down the road. He turned around and said, "Look, Sam, uh, look, you're a face. A lot of people know you." Do me a favor, and you're a chef, and save me a lot of money if you want to come and work for me for a year. Mm. And then you can do three nights in the kitchen, three nights in the front, and you'll, you'll give me the chance to build my business. I said, oh, sure, no problem, Ricky. I'll come along and help you out. And then I was just about to leave again. The gentleman who actually brought me through owned the property I am in right now. He said, look, Sam, do me a favor in 2004. Don't leave yet. I'll pay you X amount. Could you do one year for me? I said, look, Brian, I've got to go. Just do one year. I'll pay you X amount. Come on down. And I opened Cafe Spice for him. What year was that? Uh, 2004. I opened Cafe Spice for him. And I was about to leave and then wasn't busy, wasn't busy. But there's a long story behind why it wasn't busy. And I said to him, look, um, all I want is to leave. He said, no. And we got into a little argument. And at the end, uh, I ended up buying it. <laughs> ended up buying um, Cafe Spice. And now I'm here. Was that in the same year or it was like uh, No, close it was to in 2005. So from 2005, Five, Cafe Spice is under your... All mine. I mean, technically 2004, it was all mine because uh, Brian didn't run You it. were doing the work anyway. I was doing everything. I created it. I did everything for the restaurant. Uh, the only thing I had no influence on was on the menu. The menu was because uh, Brian used to own the Viceroy's. Brian used to own the old Shapla. Uh, Brian had shares in the Robin Hood, or his brother did. So he gave me an old menu to work off the old menu. And I said, look, these menus aren't going to work. Mm. Why would they going to leave the Viceroy's? Why are they going to leave uh, Tandoori Nights down the road? Why are they going to leave Shapla? Why are they going to leave all the other Indian restaurants to come to you because your menu is exactly the same? They said, no, no, this is what works. I said, no, let me create a menu and let give me a chance to create a menu. The reason you got me here. He said, then buy it off me, boy. I said, sorry, just buy it off me. I said, no, I haven't got the money. because you have the money. You're tight as it comes. You don't spend, you don't go out, you don't do nothing. So you have the money. But it was I a risk for you, I guess. It, what it was, it wasn't a risk. I knew it's going to work. See, my location was one of the first Indian restaurants to ever open, in, or second Indian restaurant ever to open. It was called the Golden Tandoori in the 70s. <coughs> Excuse me. 
It was in the 70s. It was called the Golden Tandoori. Uh, it was known as an Indian restaurant. Um, it was there for the location. It always got to work. As long as it's right food. In Jersey, any restaurant will work. As long as you do it right. The thing is, a lot of people think um, a restaurant is a gamble. No. If you know what you're doing, restaurant's not a gamble. The only difficulty we have in Jersey is staff. Mm. Not business. Business is amazing over here. You can open anything something different, it will work. Because we're a foodie nation. This whole island, we have two things to do. We go drinking or we go eating. What else have we got to do? So we're an island and a culture of eating, drinking. It all comes in hand in hand. If we don't actually have this, then what do we have? Or we'll be sitting at home all the time watching TV. No, we haven't got much to do. We've got lovely oceans, come summer, we've got beautiful beaches, we've got beautiful things to do, but it all finishes at the end at the dining table. All finishes at the dining table. If you go out to the beach, you end up to a restaurant at the end. If, if you go out for a drink, you end up at a restaurant at the end, or you get a takeaway, you sit. It all finishes at a dining table. So we have an amazing culture of food. People over here, the, uh, the customers we have are amazing. The uh, thing is, they have a great sense of food. And it's not, you can't do mediocre. And they're knowledgeable. Then. They're very yeah, yeah. knowledgeable, very well-traveled. Um, people over here are knowledgeable about food. We have a great culture of food over here. We have amazing restaurants and you can't do anything by half-hearted over here. And I, I learned that years ago, excuse me. Yeah, but you you are like, as I said, you are an operator and you know, working in your business and on your business all the time. You know, yeah. you have you have a... Not an, an, a really good advantage, but you know, I don't think it would work otherwise. You know, you just need to be to be to be there, kind of like making sure that everything runs smoothly and to the standard. I guess. Yes, of course. Uh, most small restaurants like mine, you have to run it yourself. You're not a big restaurant where you can float in, float out, and I'm not a, a franchise. I can't do that. My restaurant is passion. It's about love. I do it because I love what I do. I do what I love. And I'll be honest with you, I'm very lucky. I'm maybe one of the luckiest person in the world, I have to say, because I've suddenly fell into a job or I go into a job that I love what I do. It makes it easy. When you love something, it's so much easier. You can walk into a restaurant and smile. All you need to do is smile because it's yours. It's your baby. It's like even my kids call it the older child of mine. Because I created it. My wife calls it my first child uh, because I created it. It's something I walk into and every morning makes me smile. I walk in, I, I will hoover, I will clean and I will wash the windows and uh, then go into the kitchen, help the chef prep something. You just... Sometimes after finishing work, even at say two o'clock at night, everybody's gone. I will wander around my own <clears> restaurant. <throat> I will go into the kitchen. I'll sit there. Sometimes I'm kind of hungry. I'll bring things out. I'll cook something and just sit there for a few minutes. Just have a coffee, have a beer or something. You just sit there. And it's just the overwhelming feeling of owning your own business. If you don't do that, then don't open a restaurant. A restaurant business is not a business. It's a way of life. It's something will take over all your whole life. It's a religion. Uh, a lot of people do restaurant as a business. I mean, I don't look at the money side of it. I'm um, more of a restauranter. I love what I do. Mm. And I, I've never really gone in and thought, oh, I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. No, I do it because it's something I love doing. I love my customers. When they mm. come through the door, you know their name and you have a laugh and you take the mic. 
I always joke in my restaurant. I always say to people, you come for the food, you stay for the laughter. <laughs> I mean, if a couple comes into your restaurant and they've been married 25 years, they ain't got much to talk about. You're the guy that makes them laugh. It's an entertainment. Food, uh, food will bring them together and you'll be there to serve it and to have a little laugh with them. Make a good night for them. They come up for a meal, but at the end of the night, you want them to feel. But you can't hire somebody to do that. You, I mean, you can. If you found somebody who's passionate or something like that, yes, you can find it. But not many people will go into somebody else's restaurant and be able to do that. Yeah. And that's all about Cafe Spice. Yeah, I definitely see a lot of passion because, as I said, you know, we live we live on Kensington Place yeah. for a bit, like two years, probably something like that. It was literally like we were next door to your to your I, place. I remember you, and guys, we yeah. could we could hear you like being outside, you know, talking to customers, talking to drivers. Talking. So I could see the passion, you know. Yeah. So that's why it's funny because it wasn't even my first thought. Although you know, eventually I would have get to you. It was my wife that said, you know, you got to get some on the podcast. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, this is such a great idea. Because we sat down, you know, we had all sorts of names and people, because I used to work in hospitality myself in the past. So I had all sorts of names in my mind, you know, people I used to work with and so on. And then my wife was like, first thing, you know, that's my recommendation. And I'm like, yeah, this is such a good one. Because as I say, I like people that are operators that are on their business that are, you know, passionate about it. But I want to go back to cooking because I had no idea that you actually work in the kitchen, yeah. which makes you even more lethal, I would say, you know, from this perspective, you know, yeah. you, you get so much. It's such an advantage, you know, when you are a restaurant owner and you work in the kitchen, you have a different kind of like conversation with your chef, I guess. Yes. To be honest, I, even to this day, my chefs have no influence on the food. They don't create the menu. They don't create the new dishes and the thing. We annually change our menu and they have no influence. I will sit with my head chef. Don't get me wrong. He's been with me yeah. since 2017. I will sit with him. I will explain him how I'm doing it. We'll do it together. But they don't have the last say. None of my chefs do. It's something I learned many years ago from, because my, I never really got to work really with my dad because he passed away when I was about 13, 14. So I worked with my uncle. And he told me, if you're a restauranter and you're an operator front or back and you're a chef, yes, it's good to have the influence of a chef on it, but create your own because it's yours. They can leave any day they want. They can decide tomorrow. So you need morning, to understand the menu. You need to understand yeah. the menu. <coughs> Excuse me. You need to understand the menu. If you don't understand mm. the menu, you will be stuck. Mm. See, I find a lot of people will open a restaurant without the knowledge of food. I can pretty much, I'm, I'm a chef, so I train, but my front of house came in the kind of the late 90s. Before then, I was the kitchen guy. I was a chef. I'm a trained chef. So I worked in the kitchen and it was just kind of muddling through in the front. And I realized it was quite fun outside. And even with Cafe Spice, when I first opened up, I was in the kitchen. I would run the front and the kitchen because we didn't have a huge team. When I opened up, it wasn't very busy. Where, because I went through a phase where when I purchased it in 2005, we weren't very busy. We would do maybe 10 customers on a fr uh, Friday night, the maximum of 20. It was a very difficult time. Uh, I was very young. I was 26 when I opened the restaurant. I was very young, so it was a very difficult time, and I put everything I had in it. But I had this idea. I didn't want to advertise, and I didn't advertise. Even to this day, I don't advertise. I don't do radio. I don't do anything. 
And my idea was, this is Jersey. And I, I didn't know if it's going to work or not. I wanted word of mouth. I really wanted word of mouth. So when I first opened up, the menu was too old. People came and they thought, oh, okay, that's the same menu that... Back, across the street. Across the street. Yeah. Well, same menu of the new Raj, same menu of the Viceroy. They're all long gone now, but yeah. same menu. And so they came and they didn't stay. So when the day I purchased it, I threw the menu away. And the second I purchased it, I sat down and I created my own menu. I, I'm a Bangladeshi. I'm not an Indian restaurant. I'm a more of a, I'm actually a Bangladeshi restaurant. I do a very small section of Indian food. Very small. I was going to get to that because I want to know the difference. Yeah, you know, because you are differently placed on the market. Yeah, I want to know the difference in between. Um, yes, I'll tell you the difference. It's not a huge amount of difference. Uh, we're very fresh vegetable cooked based sauces. Uh, we're a lot of marinade. We braise our food. We we slow cook it. We don't actually barbecue. Like the Indians would marinate in yogurt, ginger, coriander, garlic, barbecue with charcoal, then cook it into a sauce where we will be pressure cooking food. We would put peppers, onion, ginger, the pressure cooker, braise lamb. We'll slowly cook it, make it soft, tender, chicken, the same thing. Say, for instance, if we made a chicken, um, say a chicken boon we make. If we use bones, we uh, chicken bones, what we'll boil it, we'll make stock out of it. We'd mm -hmm. use that in the cooking. Same with even king prawns. We'd soak king prawns in water. We use that water shell to use king prawn. The flavors would come through. This slight little difference. We're very aromatic where we, excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. It's, it's your hill, you know. It's making me <laughs> cough. <coughs> Walking up that hill, I've never really coughed this badly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, we are slightly different. Not a huge amount of difference. Not, I mean, the spice levels, everything's pretty much the same. It's the way we cook. And even then, my food is actually not fully Bangladeshi. I mean, it's Bangladeshi. It's a regional Bangladeshi. My ancestors come from a region called Silet in the northeast of Bangladesh. Mm -hmm. So most of my food, Bangladeshi food, is from that region. And my food is actually something I grew up with with my dad cooking, mm -hmm. with my mom cooking. So I would watch my mom cook and I learned quite a lot from my mom and saw my dad cook. And it's very influenced of Bangladeshi, home-cooked style of food. Okay, don't take me wrong. To the restaurant, I tweaked it over the years. To I, adapt it to, to the adapt to, palate of the... Um, not to the palate Jersey? itself, the way to cook it. Say, so if uh -huh, I was okay. cooking a chicken curry at home, it would take me at least a good two hours to cook it. So yeah. you have to shorten that down or say I would cook a shahi kodu, uh, butternut squash, or we call it pumpkin curry and lamb. Uh, we would take nearly eight hours to cook it. Uh, but because it's a restaurant, you can't keep people eight hours yeah. waiting. So you need to go dub the prep, adapt I guess. The prep, yeah. Yeah. We adapted it to, and then we alternate a lot of the food. We won't use the pumpkin that we want to, I want to use Bangladeshi pumpkin. You can't get it every year, all, yeah. all year round. So I use butternut squash. We use a lot of uh, citrus in our cooking. We're very fresh, uh, citrus-based dishes. Like we'll use orange skin. We'll use lemon skin in uh, our braising and to aroma. Uh, we can't get hold of what we call uh, jars and over here. You can get it in London quite often, but not... In Jersey, not fresh anyway. So we use a lot of the lime leaves and stuff like that uh, to flavor, give the same flavors. So you know, we're very aromatic. We're Indian restaurant. I, well, I've worked in a few Indian restaurants. Their stock base is made out of um, flour. They use a lot of corn flour in their stock. They, to thicken. Uh, uh, thicken yeah. the thing. We don't. We use a lot of vegetables to make that. We blend it in. We make. We have several different types of uh, sauces. Uh, we're completely slightly different from what they are. They use a lot of saturated fat. We don't. 
Bangladeshi don't use the, the they call it ghee. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, don't yeah. use ghee in our cooking. Uh, to alternate to that, I use Jersey butter. It's easier, it's fresher, it's there. It's local. It's local, it's yeah, it's local. Uh, again, very rarely we use it. We try not to use too much fat in our cooking. We use a lot of rapeseed oil. It's low condensed, high, high thing. It burns out, no allergens in it, no soya, no nothing in it. So it's Bangladeshi is that kind of thing. And then we use a lot of uh, mixed oils, like um, with marinate oils. Say, for instance, we're using rapeseed oil. Uh, I'd leave chilies in it. I'll pop up some chilies, leave it in the oil, little uh, thing, and use that to cook with. Uh, we'll flavor it. We'll put uh, Bangladeshi cooking, uh, lemons called uh, shatkoras in it to give more flavor to the oil. And we're slightly little difference. Mm. It's not a huge amount of difference, not the between, yeah. but just slight difference in a while. But how do you keep this constant flow of ingredients here, you know, on the island? Because do you just have to adapt and... Uh... Yeah, that's it. You know, if let's say you don't find a certain, as you said, you know, replacing yeah. your um, pumpkin with the button as caution yeah. and so on. But then, do you have a do you have suppliers that you can rely on yes. when it comes to these we, spices? And very fortunately, uh, only for the last, I was very fortunate when I first opened up. It was very difficult. I had to bring quite a lot of it in from the UK. Now we have a company called United Food over here. Hmm. It's owned by an old restaurateur. He used to own the uh, restaurant in La Poulant years ago. And used to own where Indian Ocean is now. He used to own this as the Taj Mahal Central. And he knows what we need. He's Bangladeshi. So when he opened up, pretty much side by side, United Food opened and three months, uh, I mean, three months before I opened, or was it after or before? They opened pretty much same time as hmm. me. Because he knew, knows I need this stuff. So I can call him up and say, I need this stuff. He'll bring it in. And he's starting to see five, uh, five spice. I don't, uh, we can leave a message and he'll know what I want. He can bring it in for me. He brings it in mostly. A uh, lot of the vegetables, a lot of the lemon, a lot of the stuff I need is just Williams in market. He does a lot of Indian ranges or Bangladeshi ranges. So he brings in a lot of Bangladeshi vegetables for me to use, like okra and stuff like that. Mm. He brings in shatkora, he brings in Bangladeshi lemon, cooking lemons. He brings in a lot of the stuff, the vegetable side of it. A lot of the spices are bought in from United Food. So it makes it easier. But to be like going back to what I said earlier on, being a foodie island, it's easier. It's, and it's grown over time. I'll be honest with you, years ago when you came here, these things would be very difficult. You would have a limited market. Now, over the years, it's grown because our culture has grown over here. We have a, a great melting pot of culture over here and food. Um, you've got Romanians, you've got Polish, you've got Portuguese, you've got Latvians, you've got so many different types of food. You go out on the street, it's amazing. Um, it's you can, you can actually dine in a different type of restaurant till the end of time almost in Jersey. It's great. What's the biggest challenge you're facing? So you, you mentioned about stuff. Yeah. Is that the biggest one you've got at yeah, this that's point? That's the only biggest one the I've only got. only one. Only one. I've got no other challenges over here. As I said, business-wise, I can't complain. I mean, I'm pretty much full on a Monday or a Friday. It makes no difference to me. Uh, we will do 70 on a Friday night, we'll probably do a 70 on a Monday. Wow. Uh, I have no complaints with business. It's finding staff. Um, it's not because of Jersey, it's because where we're located. See, Indian restaurants in generally, I say in about 10 years, will die down. Uh, you will very, probably Jersey, even Jersey probably will have one or two left, where we've got nine at the moment. You probably even have one. Because it's not nothing to do with staff. It's because the generation gap. 
Because what's happened is in the last 10, maybe 15 years, nobody's gone into the restaurant trade, British born, because they don't want to do the long hours. They don't want to think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's they, a hard job. It's a very yeah. hard job. It's a very it's, hard job. It's I like, agree. I love what I do, but I don't want my kids in it. I, I was going to say, yeah, how are you going to do with your business? You know, let's say the age that you are uh, about to pass it on. Maybe. Well, I'll be honest with you. I, I have thought about it. I've actually thought, of, I think about this quite often. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm still young. I'm youngish. Yeah, you I, are. I, I'm 46 years old. Um, I'm still kind of young. So I have, I think about this every day, to be honest, but I don't want to give it to my kids. Because you know how hard it is. It's, it's hard. That's, that's not the problem. It's the unsociable hours. It's, I've always said, like, my daughter loves what she, uh, she loves coming to the restaurant with me. She's 12 years old. She can tell you everything. She loves cooking. She will, uh, because I do Sunday cooking at home. My wife cooks the rest of the week. Uh, I do Saturday morning breakfast, and then I do Sunday cooking when we're at home if we're not going out. And if I do get a day off, I'll do the cooking. So I'll start prepping, and my daughter will join in. She loves cooking. She's great. She can walk into my restaurant. Even if her glass is out of place, she can tell as wow. she walks in through the door. Because she was born above my restaurant before I had my qualifications, before I bought my house, before I moved out of the thing. So she's born above it. So from a very early age, she was running around till about five in the restaurant. So I don't want her to go in it. So I've always told her, look, the catering is amazing. It's rewarding. It's beautiful. It's passionate. You love it. You, I mean, end of the night, you're buzzing yeah. because the customers over here are amazing. I mean, don't get me wrong. We've had bad customers. Any business. Every I guess, business yeah. has bad customers. <laughs> I got rid of them years ago. I'm honest with you. I told them if it's like, um, if, if it's a general complaint, like, oh, something's wrong. Constructive. Fine. Constructive complaint. Yeah. It's fine. You get customers sometimes, they know better than you. I had, once I had a customer walk in, uh, everybody puts cream in their pathia. I don't. I use fresh ingredients. Yeah. Uh, and he goes, how dare you don't put cream in my pathia? I said, look, <laughs> on my menu, it doesn't tell you. It's uh, cream in it. So I said to him, he goes, everybody else does. I said, I don't care. And he goes to me, that's how you're supposed to do it. I've been eating this. And I said to him, look, sir, I'm a trained chef. I don't want to argue with you, but this is how I do it. If you don't like it, don't bother coming. Yeah. And it was, I said it quite loudly in my middle of my restaurant <laughs> and everyone looked around and thought, is he angry? I said, I said, look, if you don't like my food, don't come and complain. Because if you said to me there was something wrong with the food, it's fine. I would understand. But we don't use cream. Yeah. I try in my Bangladeshi food. We, in Bangladesh, we don't really have cream. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. have, but we don't really use cream in our cooking. We'll use it in desserts. We'll use it in a lot of other things. So I'm trying to keep it authentic as possible. Uh not adding cream. Yeah. If you want cream, I can add it to your curry if you want. If you say to me, look, this is how I like it, would you add cream? I'd be happy yeah. to do it. But just so you know, that's not traditional. It's not yeah. traditional. Yeah. So he t- he got up and started trying to explain it to me, how I'm supposed to cook my food, how am I supposed to do everything? And I said to him, I'm sorry, if you don't like it, that is the door. <laughs> do you find the customers, how, how are the customers? Because now you've been for ages in this yeah. trade. How are the customers from when you started to now? Is it more difficult? Is it easier? How do you find it's it? It's so this? much easier. It's easier? Oh God, so much easier. See the Indian food, <coughs> when I started out, Indian food was called Ruby Mary. You went out for a few pints, you went to an Indian restaurant, you fell in, you challenged the chef. People used to fall asleep in Indian food. They used to only go to eat in an Indian restaurant. When I started in the early 90s or say 92, 93, I started. People would only go to an Indian restaurant when they were drunk. 
They would never go to an Indian restaurant sober, very rare. Uh, Valentine's Day would close up because it was oh, wow. the emptiest night. Nobody would take their wives to girlfriends to an Indian restaurant. So it felt more like an after party. It was an after party. <laughs> people would be drunk. People wow. would, it, don't get me wrong, people would go out for a nice meal now and then, but never really for a meal. They would think of it as, oh God, we'll have, we'll have an Indian tonight. And not, oh wow, we're going out for an Indian tonight. So the in because I find food is a live entity. It grows, it evolves, it develops. It's a child that's grown up now. It's growing more and more. And it's, uh, when I was growing up, Indian restaurants didn't win Michelin star restaurants. Uh, they didn't get Michelin stars. We've got five or six Michelin star Indian restaurants in the United Kingdom now. They're growing. People are taking Indian food and changing it. The new mm. generation of chefs are building around it. Uh, they're infusing it. It's an amazing time for Indian food and it's grown over the last maybe 10-15 years. Even in Jersey, I mean I came, you could walk into an Indian restaurant when I came in the 90s, you can go to every single Indian restaurant, say number one, number two, number five, and it'll be exactly the same dishes. It felt like one chef running around <laughs> all the Indian restaurants cooking one, one. Everything was exactly the same and the food was basic. Yeah. Um, there's no place for that anymore. Uh, every chef on this island, every, every chef, every Indian chef on this island right now is passionate. Uh, majority, uh, you've got Jaipur, you've got Indian Ocean, uh, even myself, even Shapur. Are you in a good relationship with, yeah, with all I the mean, other guys? Yeah, of course. I'm in very good relationship. I mean, Ricky from Jaipur, we grew up on the island together, pretty much came together. Harun, who owns Indian Ocean. These guys are my friend. They're, they're family. There is place for everybody because you all kind of do something unique in your own unique. way, right? Yeah, we are friends. I mean, there are a few restaurants I don't really talk because I don't even know much about them. Yeah. Uh, they muddle through what they're doing. Uh, but majority of the greater one at Shapler and all that, we are friends. We talk. I mean, we every time. I mean, I mean, Ricky, who owns Jaipur, we are very close. We kind of grew up. Uh, we helped to set up uh, Jaipur, as I said earlier on. Mm. Then they helped me towards this one. Then I helped towards everything else. We help one another. Even if I run out of a stock or a spice, I would call them, say, hey, can I borrow something tonight? Hey, can I borrow this? I'll and I guess send the other way around. Yeah, the yeah. other way around. If they're short of anything, they'll send somebody, one of their delivery drivers to pick something up. We help one another out in, within the community because we do different. If you look at our menu, it's not the same. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. We have a basic menu. The classics are like masala, korma, jalfrezi, madras, karais. Those are basically exactly the same. Uh, every Indian restaurant over here have exactly the same. And then we have our own pages. We have our dishes where uh, Jaipur has his own blend. I mean, don't get me wrong. Ricky kind of changed the market of Indian food in Jersey. He was the one, the Jaipur was the one who started this, this mm. developmental change in Jersey. Uh, Ricky was young. He was 24 when he opened the first, 23 when he opened Jaipur. And I was in the kitchen with him. He started blending in his own spice. He's not buying in bulk. Mm. He started grinding things. He started changing the food, the way it's supposed to look, the way it's supposed to taste. Start using fresher ingredients rather than bulk buying. He was the first one. Before then, as I said, you can walk into every single Indian restaurant and they were exactly the same. There was nothing different about it. And he started, then I took over, as I said, Cafe Spice. Mm -hmm. I didn't get the opportunity the first year. When I took it over in 2005, 
I got to throw that menu away and start. And I mean, I started and I was in the kitchen. So I started grinding my own spices and I'm blending and start doing my own menu. And my Bangladeshi page started with two dishes. Now I have 12. Wow. It's grown and it changes. I mean, every year we change our menu. So at the same time, we'll take out the dishes that are not too popular or they are popular, but not many people, I want to add a new, because if you keep on adding, the page will become an encyclopedia. <laughs> but how do you, what, do you have a process of adding new dishes? Do you have a way of like, how do you put in, some people, you know, they put in special, they see how they work and then they move on to I, like, is that See, what? what it is, what I'll do is, uh, I'm kind of different because, because I've been so now 19 years self-employed. And I haven't worked in anybody else's kitchen. So my ideas are running out. So when I go to a place like Bangladesh, I go to Bangladesh once a year. Well, I haven't been since COVID. You get inspired. Yeah, I go out and, and I dine. And I will go out and I'll eat in the villages. I eat in the markets. I'll, do this. I'll take a little idea from there and I will think how I can add it to my menu. And I put mm-hmm. it in my, what I call my brain's little slot somewhere and I'll leave it there. When I change the menu, I'll add that to it. And... It's because you're a chef, you automatically will go somewhere, you eat something and go, oh, that's nice. Oh, I could tweak that for my market. And then you bring that along with you in your mind. And when you do your menu, you'll add. That's the only way I can do it now. Years ago, I worked for other people. So, I mean, I worked in Norfolk, Suffolk, Ken, Oxfordshire, Cambridgeshire, Wilkshire. I grew in the, what they call the hay time of Indian restaurants, where um, what happened was you had Indian restaurants in the major cities in the, uh, say, the 70s, the 80s. Only if you went to London, it was just London. You wouldn't have the outskirts. And in the 90s, he had a great expansion of Indian restaurants. I mean, villages and towns and everywhere. I was fortunate enough to be there when he started. And restaurants were opening every week. Every week, you had dozens of restaurants working. To be honest, my older brother was one of them. My uncles were one of them. They were, we called them the great expansion of Indian restaurants. They went out into villages and towns and started opening restaurants. A little restaurant and they just take over and then move on. They're like locusts. They'll go from one town to another, keep an opening restaurant. And I would follow because I was young. I'd follow behind them. They needed people like me to work. I was yeah. their worker bee. So I would go there. I worked for them and I learned. And every chef had their own way of doing things. And it was amazing. It was, it was the one most amazing time of my life working from villages to towns. I mean, I worked in about 100 villages and towns wow. in the United Kingdom. I wouldn't be there long. I'd be there like a month or two months. And then someone would say, hey, there's a new Indian restaurant opening But you have to give you an understanding. You oh, know, yeah, yeah. They- because you're in the kitchen with them. Because I was a kitchen guy. So uh, you'd be in the kitchen and they'd be... They, they were much older. I was like 16, 17. But they would take my influence because of my uh, father's background, mm-hmm. my restaurateur background. People like, hey, Samad, come over here. My name is Samad. So they would say, hey, Samad, come here. What do you think? Try this. What do you think it needs? We need to do something. And then they have the basic menu and everyone put one of their specials on. So the way I do my special will be Tenafest. Mm. Uh, you know, the October yeah, fest. Yeah, yeah. So if I was going to do a menu in April, that's when my menus change, I would put new dishes on the Tenafest. We have a captive market. So I'll put new dishes on the uh, Tenafest and see how it works. Rather than putting it on and say, look, let's find out how it works. And this way, now people are coming for the Tenor Fest. You've got three or four new menus, new dishes mm-hmm. that are not from your menu. They're completely different. You would add that. And then you see, ooh, you see the reaction of people and go, ooh, that's really nice, Sam. Do you have this in the a la carte? No, we don't really. But we will now. <laughs> you, you watch people's reaction. You take the best one that everyone liked and add it to your uh, thing. So over the years, 
I've took you from my 10FS menu because you have a captive audience. They're coming in for the 10FS and it's fixed. And they'll go for the a la carte, but they'll go for this. So you just take that and you just add it to your a la carte menu. That way you're not forcing anybody to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not putting a special and finding out if it works. You have a 10FS menu, it's a special. It's six yeah. weeks of trial. Plus it's lower price. It's and lower all price that, so. and people get the opportunity yeah. to try your food. Uh, and that's works. Yeah. And that's the only way I do mine. That's the only thing I do. Interesting. Yeah. Um, going back to what you were saying about like how you want to pass on these business, you know, mm. once you... But I can see you, you know, being literally there till your last day of your life. Mm. So I'm sure that oh, is many, many years to uh, come. Yeah, no, I've, I've actually got a target. Uh, I've got nine years. Oh. Exactly. Nine years. And what is it now? Uh, nine years, uh, eight months. And maybe even four days left on the clock. Um, I would want to retire at 55. That's my target. I mean, uh, I'm fortunate enough, I own my own building. Yeah. I own the building. So my mortgage finishes about that time. I mean, I could have, I mean, recently I'm making it bigger. Uh, at the moment, there's a big renovation going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a 40 seater restaurant. I'm going to be a 55 seater restaurant because oh. my kitchen is bigger than my restaurant dining. Uh, so you cut some of the kitchen yes. and reduce doing, the size of the kitchen? I'm, I'm modernizing the kitchen because when I, as I said, when I took it over, I was 26. I didn't have much money and I added everything I had to the restaurant side of it. And I'd renovated again and again, made the restaurant look prettier, but I couldn't do much with the kitchen. So I just added. So what I'm doing is I'm demolishing the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I'm literally demolishing the kitchen. I've only demolished one side. I put foundations in, put new drainage in, new grease filters, uh, fire ended the place. I've got a location built for the kitchen. It takes four to five months to do the job. So I'm doing it over three years. So I'm, I was closed for six weeks. Yeah, because obviously you still want to run your business. You yes. don't want to close the entire no, no. thing. thing is, because I've got quite a few staff and they're loyal staff. Uh, they've been with me a long time. What do you do? You can't yeah. let someone go yeah. for five months without pay. Well, you don't want to lose them in the yeah. same time. The same they time. probably would find a yeah. place to Obviously, work, they yeah. have to. They've got, they've, a lot of my, uh, they've got families. They've got their own mortgages. They've got their own mm. rent. They've got Absolutely. their things to pay. So... You could afford to close for, say, six weeks and pay them for four weeks and say, look, two weeks uh, in grace. They happily do that. But if you take four or five months, I'm going to be yeah. closed. It's not the business side. I'll open up and I'll be busy again because it's fortunate enough. My customers kind loyal. of love loyal and they love what Cafe Spice does for them. Uh, they'll come back. It's the financial aspect of the staff. You won't be able to find the staff mm. again. Yeah. And then you won't be able to open. That mean you're going back to day one. I have so many staff in the kitchen who are loyal with me. They've been with me since 2007. Yeah. I, I, I think can... that's definitely an advantage, you know, because I can see the consistency even in food. Obviously, now knowing that you yeah. are an operator in the kitchen as no. well, I can see the consistency no matter whether chef, let's say, change or something like mm. that. The consistency of the and level of the food is, mm. keeps kind of the same. So that's an advantage again. That's because I'm a chef. But even to this day, I still make my own blend. Uh, I, to be honest, again, that's kind of a lie now because the chef's been long enough to understand the blend. But the blend is mine. The, the spice blend, mm-hmm. we call it. We call it the garam masala blend. Yeah. We have, say, 120 spices in the kitchen. There's a blend of it. And I make the blend. I make the blend. I show the chef, this is how the blend is supposed to be made. This is for this. This is for that. This is for this. This is the combination. And long as you don't change that, going back to what you said, because I'm a chef, I can control my food and hence one of the reason it works when you come to cafe spice i always ask 
Like you look into the menu and go, I always say, if you need any help or recommendation, please do not hesitate to ask. 90% of my customers now don't actually look at the menu. They'll walk in and say, Sam, we fancy something medium to hot, maybe some chicken, maybe some lamb, maybe some prawn, maybe some you fish. Decide. Please. And I'll say, yeah, sure. And be like, even like last night, we're at 9.30, we're at 10 for 18 coming in. And after the boat show, they came in, 10 for 18, and they they know it was quite late. So they said, Sam, look, rather than us picking the menu and spending another half an hour looking and everyone thinking what they're doing, because we all kind of had a few drinks, do it. And I said, sure, no problem. <laughs> I took them, I never gave a menu, gave them kind of drinks, mm-hmm. did a mixed platter, starters, created. I just asked three questions. Medium, mild or hot? Any dietary requirements? Or are you all cool with uh, what I do? So if, I mean, you can have shellfish problems. Or vegetarian. Or vegetarian, or vegan. Yeah. Uh, those are very easy because all my vegetable dishes are actually vegan because as I said, we don't use saturated fat mm-hmm. in our cooking. So uh, vegetables are automatically vegan. Uh, it's very easy. We don't use any uh, stock-based sources. It's all vegetable-based source. I mean, if you are cooking lamb, then we would use yeah, lamb stock. That we, we took out the marrow. We blended the marrow to make our stock to give it more. Ooh, rich. Re- rich richness, flavor. Yeah. Richness, flavor, the gloss. But if you're a vegetarian, I'm not doing that for you. So uh, you have a vegetable stock that I'm going to cook off that's completely vegan. So it's very easy for me to do. So we do that. Even sometimes it does kind of get hard on a Saturday night when every single customer goes, Sam, I'm not looking at a menu. You do it, please. I have nights like this when I'm really busy. I'm short (laughs) staffed, And they go, okay, really? (laughs) Right. Okay. You're not going to look at the menu. Okay. There's four of you, right? And because you can see it happening around you, the restaurant is full. Now you've got to go think. You've got to take that moment to think, to do. And then somebody else says your game. And you've got 40 people <laughs> leaving the whole food up to you. You're sitting there thinking, okay, they got this, they got that, they got this. <laughs> it makes it even more complicated than taking from the menu. menu. Yeah, because on the menu, you're autopilot. You grab a pad, you go there. Yep, you want, this, you want a gushraj? Yes, you want a lamb shank? Thank you very much. Rice pillow, rice number, job done, boom. You don't have to really think. When some four people sit on a table and go, no, Sam, we'll leave it up to you. We want one vegetable, one chicken, one this. We want medium, one hot, one mild. You think, how do I combine that? Because there's so much going on around the restaurant. You're short staff. Maybe you're short at the bar. Maybe you're short of a delivery driver. Some nights you're short at the bar. You're short of a delivery driver, short of a chef in the kitchen. Because we've got like five chefs in the kitchen. Maybe we're down by one chef in the kitchen. So they know I'm going to go in. Because in the busy yeah. time, I'll promote one of the line. I'll go into the break of line. That means pro- putting the food in the dishes. Or the chef puts the pan down. You put the food, you wipe it, put it in a dish and send it out. And you work at the pass. From the pass, you move the guy to the other position. You do something. But if you're stuck in the restaurant thinking, oh my God. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's... It's amazing. It could be hard. But you but can be chaotic in having that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, end of the night, it's amazing. I'll be honest But then you. people come for that experience yeah, as well. Yeah, they come so for that experience. Yeah. So you wouldn't... Uh, in Cafe Spice, I always say, I'm quite surprised customers keep on coming back. <laughs> because, you know, we're a very small restaurant. It's, we're packed. You come on yeah. a Monday night, the whole restaurant is buzzing. Because we're small, you're pretty much sitting with other tables almost. You have a, It's really one, close here. It's quite close. Yeah. It's a one and a half foot distance between each tables. You know, that's like 18 inches between each tables. It's not a huge difference. Yeah. It's about that much. <laughs> so 
I have always done one thing and I love doing this. I make friends between tables, not me. I will go in and I'll make a joke with this table. I'll make a joke with this table, right in the middle of the table. I'll turn around and walk away. Make it, And sometimes... Make them start the conversation. Conversation, yeah. yeah. I Sometimes when I see... I've done this quite often. I have Now over the years, I see people coming back for it. They will come in as a couple now because they've come in for a meal, two of them sitting at a table, quietly just having the food. I'll go over and there's another table next to them, table for two, quietly eating the food. So I'll go make a joke right in between them. And then I say, hey, guys, you're very quiet, blah, blah, blah. And suddenly you'll see they're going, he's cheeky. Little and then they, they've got something to relate and you'll see them talking. And then they don't feel like in a distance because they've got the distance. Now they turn around and talking. They probably feel like they should get closer. Closer, yeah. And <laughs> I've had double like. dates because of that. Because yeah. we're Jersey. We yeah. are a community. The whole island, we are a community. We're not uh, We're not like a major city. So we're 100,000 people. It's not a huge amount yeah. of people. Yeah. I mean, We are a bit more warm, I guess. We're a bit you know, warmer. We're closer. We're friendlier. So if you don't take advantage of that, then you won't take advantage of nothing. Jersey is about taking advantage of the situation we have. It's a beautiful community. We we look after one another, like where I live. We, I know every single, my neighbors, it's great fun. You can leave the doors open. The, Jersey has that way. And if you don't, when you sit at a table, you see people not talking, they're just eating their food. I like making them talk to other people. I like left, right. Engagement. Yeah, Engagement. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'm engaging three, four tables together and then all having a laugh. Because if you don't do that, people will get upset in my restaurant because it's so small mm-hmm. uh, or so close by. And because it's always busy, I have a lot of people say, oh God, Sam, could we have a quiet day in here? <laughs> nope, you can't have a quiet it's day. It's not here. that kind of place. It's not that kind of place. <laughs> if you want a quiet night, come at six o'clock. Leave before yeah. 7.30 and then you'll have a quiet night. But from eight o'clock, Cafe Spice becomes one thing. It's about the food. It's about laughter. It's about jokes. Uh, you've got everybody, no no vulgarity. Yeah. Just laughter, joking. And everybody will shout from this side of the table to that side. And I love what I do. As I said, it's something I always loved and I'm very passionate about. So your restaurant is like a baby, as you said. Yeah. You know, and I strongly believe that yeah. because I, as, I, as I said, I've seen you operate. I've seen mm-hmm. you working on it. Um, but how do you balance your your baby, the restaurant, with the other, with your children and family. It's it's quite easy uh, and hard. Sometimes it's very hard. It's like I was supposed to have the night off last night and then something happened with one of my waiters. His mm. mother fell ill, so he flew out emergency. So we had what they call a need party yesterday at the Pomodoro. Uh, that's between our because the end of Ramadan. We mm. all had a big party, went there. I went there for lunch with all uh, about three, four hundred of us sitting down, having a joke. I was watching the watch. I was looking at my watch all the time. So, so my wife said, short stuff. I said, yeah. <laughs> she said, you go away. So I, at five o'clock, I disappeared. My family's mm. accepted that over the years. And then when I have full staff, I will have almost a week off. I will never go in at lunchtime. I'll have all lunchtimes off and I'll be spending more time with the family. I'll have three or four days off. It works. As I said earlier on, you don't go into it if you can't make the sacrifice. It's not job. It's a way of life. It's religion. It's faith. It's passion. You, in restaurant trade, not just Indian, any restaurant mm-hmm. trade, if you can't sacrifice your life for it, don't go into it. It's it's a precise thing. If you think, oh, I want to work-life balance, 
don't go in the restaurant yeah. trade. Hence one of the reasons I do not want my children in it because I always say to my daughter, my son and my uh, little girl, she's too young to understand. When the world is sitting down, you're standing. When the world's on holiday, you're working. Yeah. So remember that when summer holiday comes along with the busiest mm -hmm. ever because people are coming over here and we are serving them. So in the summer holidays, yeah. no, no, we don't go on holidays. We go through half terms. We go just after Easter. We'll have a quiet week. Just January, after Easter, February. January, February. We'll balance out between that. End of October, like no, from between November the 12th to the 25th. Uh, sorry. Beginning of Christmas parties. Yeah. 12th of November to the 25th of November, I have a two-week quiet holiday. Uh, I mean, quiet weeks. That's my quietest weeks. And then Christmas kicks in. And he goes crazy busy for Christmas. We're, we're actually, within the next few months, I'll be taking all my Christmas bookings. By June, July, we're done for Christmas. Oh, wow. uh, by June, July, all my Christmas parties will be done. Most of the weekends will be done. It's not because we're busy, it's same tables. My Christmas Eve is exactly the same people I've been serving for the last 19 years, or I'll say 15 years, not 19. The first few years was quite difficult. Uh, it's the same families. I've seen kids grow up in my restaurant. They've gone away to university. They've come back. They got married. They're bringing their family into my restaurants. I've seen people growing up in my restaurant. I even have some girls and boys working for me who I've seen almost born in Cafe Spice. You know, they came in, they were two, three, with their dads in their arms and their mums. And now it's so lovely. They come back for meals. Some of them even work for me as delivery drivers <laughs> and part-time behind the bar. I've got a girl, Kaylee, from a little early age, she was always coming with her dad for a meal at Cafe Spice. Now she works for me. She's been working for me for five years behind the bar. I mean, she works, uh, she has a day job, but she works part-time yeah. for me. I've seen a girl called Jodie who's been with me 19 years. She used to come with her dad and everything. And she go, she calls me Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam, Uncle Sam, can I get a job? Oh, wow. I said, when you turn 18, come down. On her 18th birthday, she came and said, I'm 18, can I get a job? She's been with me 16 years wow. doing part-time. Uh, I've got delivery drivers who were uh, grown up. Well, she's left now. She's gone to Australia, traveling for two years. Uh, she used to go, oh, can I get a job? I said, when you get old enough, come. I'll give you a job. When you're 18, I'll give you a job. 18, turned up. So you must do something right, obviously, yeah, with, with, not just with your food, but with your employees. How do you keep them motivated? How do you keep them, you know, with you for that long? Because you have a few people there that... It's, it's called family. As I always say, it's, about, it's, it's a community, it's family. You treat your staff like you want to be treated. That's the only thing. It's not anything else. People talk about money, talk about extra. We pay well, but it's not that. You want to treat your staff, people who work for you, as family. You want to be, treat them, the year, say like these girls who work for me. I treat them like I would treat my daughter, my children, because they call me Uncle Sam and stuff like that, because I would treat them like my own child. A lot of my staff, I treat them like my family, like I would like treat my older brother, I would treat my sister, uh, like my mom, my dad, and I respect. You keep your respect for them. Don't get me wrong, we do get bad staff coming in. It always, it happens. always happens. Any business will Any business, you know, you, I've got nearly 14 staff working for me. So, you know, you're bound to get one or two bad ones over the years. But majority, 90%, 99% of them are great. You treat them like family. I always treat my staff like I wanted to be treated when I was employed by somebody else, with respect. You do so many things right. There's no question about it because that place is always full. Yeah. But have you ever considered, probably not now, because you kind of like, by the way, by the look of it, you're kind of counting the years towards retirement. Yeah, um, but yeah. 
Have you ever considered opening another location? Yes, I did. I considered opening two more locations in Jersey. Oh, wow. uh, I wanted to open one in Gori, one in St. Tobin's and take over the island. That when I was young. And then I realized something. You can't do that. You're going to either drain one of them out or destroy the one you have. You cannot open another Cafe Spice in Jersey and make this Cafe Spice this successful because you take out what Cafe Spice is all about. Cafe Spice is you call up, you don't get a table on a Monday night. And people go, oh, you take that exclusivity out. And then you can't be in three different locations. But was it that or was it because you were afraid that you knock on, you can't duplicate yourself to bring the same level of... Uh, yes. Uh, that, the, the same standard, basically. Yeah, that is true. You, you can't find... As you grow older, you realize your limitations. I learned my limitations. I can open one in Gori tomorrow. I can find a location, mm -hmm. open it. Who's going to run it? You can't find probably people as passionate I, as you because it's your own business. Even right? if you put a partner there, How can you be assured he's going to do exactly what you wanted to do? Replicate Cafe Spice. You can open one in St. Tobin's. Don't get me wrong. Uh, a year ago, I had two restaurants in St. Tobin's shares. In two restaurants. I sold out both of them. Oh, I owned the uh, I shares in that. the Artemis, uh, the Greek restaurant over there. Yeah. Uh, Pedro's, that was next door. I turned that into, now it's Chupes. I turned it into a Turkish. I helped to set those up. Uh, then I obviously because they're chefs, their thing. I helped them to set it. I I helped them financially set up the ideas and everything for them, and then walked away. I owned uh, a couple of fast food restaurants in London, uh, in uh, one in Dagenham, one in Seven Kings. I opened restaurants over there. I took a restaurant in Suffolk uh, in 2009. I no 2010. I opened a restaurant in Suffolk, an Indian restaurant, for a year or two. I couldn't be there, so I had someone run it for me. But it was their restaurant, then I sold it out. I love passion. I don't get me wrong. Over the years, I've had fast food restaurants. I must have had about any five or six other restaurants, maybe, yeah, more. But Cafe Spice is my baby. I have nobody with me. It's all mine. And I've realized as you get older, you can have an investment restaurants, something different. But Are you, you still involved in other restaurants with investments? No, I've literally sold out anything? all of them. Nothing else now, because I'm kind of focused at Cafe Spice mm -hmm. at the moment. Uh, about a year ago, I sold out everything, literally sold up all my thing. And they all said, oh, what was I said, look, I've got a couple of years to completely focus on Cafe Spice because as I said, I'm destroying the back, building it bigger. I'm going to go bigger. I'm going to, not a huge amount, I'm putting another 10, 15 seats in the restaurant. That's a big project. It's a mm -hmm. five-month project. So I'm doing it over three years, closing for six weeks, closing for six weeks, closing for six weeks. So what I'm doing is I'm doing... Over three years to make the restaurant bigger. Like, as I said, this year we were closed from January to mid-February. We were closed. We got everything ready. Everything, the building control, I've said, fire marshal, I've said. See, my building is a 1905 building. It's old Georgian house. Mm -hmm. I was built into a restaurant in 1952. At the back was a garden. They built the kitchen with asbestos and concrete. No foundation. So you had to put all that in to get it ready to move the kitchen or else it would sink. So did all that. Now we've got, uh, next year I'm going to build the kitchen. The following year I'm going to knock everything down and move in. So it will take three years to get where I am. So in these three years, no other. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, in these three years, I have no other ideas to do anything else. Focus I, on cafe just spice. Just focus cafe spice. But then, okay, so it's a bit. I wouldn't say weird, but I'm just wondering what's your plan because. 
you have nine years. Probably nine years, you could have probably managed with the same kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I, I've not seen the kitchen myself. Yeah. But you probably I can. can. And I can manage the rest of my life yeah. with that kitchen. Yeah. Kitchen's fully equipped. Don't get me wrong. It's yeah. up to date. Everything's, all the equipments are brand yeah. new. Everything's fine. But I want a slightly bigger restaurant because I'm, it's not because I want to make extra money. It's because for the future. Because what it is, I can do what I'm doing today in Cafe Spice, even with faulty seats. Can somebody else step in and do that? No, they can't. Uh, maybe they can, maybe they can't. So if you have a bigger restaurant, it'd be easier to rent out in the future. Uh, so that's the plan after the retirement to you get... You rent the building out and... Then rent the whole building or the brand Cafe Spice, like kind of sell the brand? If, if somebody wants to buy the brand, they can buy the brand. If they say, look, no, Sam, we're going to do Italian restaurant. Okay, we'll keep my brand. Mm -hmm. And you take the restaurant and rent the restaurant. You lease the restaurant for nine years to somebody who's passionate uh, and everything for the restaurant trade. You find somebody, there's plenty of people. If somebody goes, look, we want to say, maybe hopefully, uh, one of my chefs, I've got younger chefs with me at the moment. To take over. Maybe they will mm -hmm. decide, go look in nine years time, they'll turn like 35. Or maybe even one of them is 20, who's working in the kitchen with me. Uh, maybe they'll turn around and go, look, do you mind we take over? Uh, one of the chefs, one of the front of the house, the young... What would you prefer? Someone going on with the Cafe Spice brand or probably going with something else so you don't have to kind of like worry whether that's going to go down the hill? To be honest, if someone is passionate about the food, I would like to sell the brand. If they're not, sell the restaurant or the least the restaurant. Uh... I would love Cafe Spice to go on. I would love Cafe Spice to go on long beyond after me, generations after me. I would love that name to stay in Jersey forever almost. If there is an uh, Indian guy or a Bangladeshi guy running an Indian restaurant in Jersey, I would want Cafe Spice to be my legacy. Even if my children don't take over, uh, I wanted the name Cafe Spice to go on forever. But if it doesn't, it doesn't. It's something you cannot do anything about. It's, yeah. I will have to have a clock time because I've started really early in my life uh, in the restaurant trade. That's why I would like to continue that to go, but I would like to retire early too. So I can have a little life. By that time, my kids will be in university or finishing university and all that. I can spend more time and life with my wife and have some time. Is there a plan to stay here on the island or move somewhere no, else? No, I will always live on the island because I love Jersey. I am... Because I come from London, I would probably, I mean, I've already got a place in London to go to. Uh, I've got a place in Bangladesh to go to. I've obviously got a place in Jersey. I would want another home somewhere in Europe, somewhere Mediterranean, somewhere like to buy a holiday home. But Jersey is my home. I will never leave Jersey. I will always live in Jersey because I built a, I built friends and I built a community. I've built something in Jersey. And you probably, you are who you are. Because, because of Jersey. Of, yeah. I am who I am because of Jersey. Jersey has been really amazing to me. Uh, people have taken me in open arms and I've got a great bunch of friends over here. I've got a great circle of friends. I could spend days and years with them. Uh, and it's fantastic. I'd like to ask you like, because we talk about like uh, one of your chefs probably taking over or somebody else taking over. But for someone that's new into this trade or kind of like thinks about starting a restaurant or getting into hospitality, what's your advice? Because after all this experience, I'm sure you've got something about. 
if he has the restaurant experience behind him, go ahead. If you've done it quite a few years, like if I opened the restaurant, I had 10, 12 years of training behind great chefs. I had training around the country. If you have that behind you, go ahead. You're not going to fail. But if you're just thinking as a business, oh, I'm going to open a restaurant, I'm going to hire a chef, I'm going to hire a waiter to do it, don't. It's not something that will work. You can't hire a chef to do it for you without your knowledge. You can only for a year or you will struggle. Or you'll depend on that person because once they leave... They, they leave, you will depend on that person, you will struggle. I mean, not just him, you will always be dependent on somebody else. I always, as I said, my uncle told me, if you ever do something, a restaurant, you should be able, not to do this, but should be able one day just go, get out of my restaurant, throw everybody out and do it yourself. You know, almost do it yourself. You should have the knowledge to do it. But if you don't, because the restaurant trade is an alpha job. It's an alpha because it's not, people there swear, they shout. It's not like an office where- It's a different environment, I agree. You've said you've been in the hospitality industry. We, in the front, it's like a swan. Let me put it this way. It's like a swan. In the front, it's all gliding over the ocean. In the back, pans and things are throwing around, shouting. Chef is shouting. He hasn't got time to say. So if you can be in that environment, you've already had the experience in that environment, go ahead. You're not going to fail. But as your new person, you just think, oh, look, I'll open a restaurant. No, it's not going to work. I'm a doctor and I've got the money. I'm going to open an Indian restaurant. I'm, it's going to happen for me. No, it's not going to happen. Yeah. You need to find people with passion. You need to, you need to find things. Or not just in your, any kind of restaurant. Don't open it if you don't have the experience. But if you have the experience, go ahead. You have a 50-50 chance of winning. But if you don't have the experience, I say don't. Go find something else to do. But if you love what you do and you're a good chef, you're a good front of house, you have, or there's two of you, one's the front, one's the back, go ahead. Do it. That's a dream team, actually. That's a dream yeah. team. Yeah. If you can find the dream team, two good friends, one's a front guy who's really passionate about making people laugh, joke, and giving good service. Another guy cooking food, who's fantastic in cooking food, who will be doing 90 hours a week, who will go in at six o'clock in the morning, finish at three o'clock in the morning, you know, who are willing to spend that time, then go for it. Okay, last question, because I know you're a busy man and yeah. I don't want to kind of like hold you for any longer. Yeah. What's your favorite restaurant? Or do you have one, two, three restaurants in Jeju? Does it need to be Indian? No, no, no. Uh, or Bangladesh. Well, Bangladesh, you're the only one. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, no. Um, actually, no. I love pretty much all the restaurants. I have don't actually have a favorite because as a restaurateur, I don't actually have a favorite. I'll be honest with you. I love the salted dogs in St. Tobin's. I love aromas across the road to Casimir next to me. I like little Thai, uh, you know, uh, I like Thai food. I like all kinds of food. I don't actually have a favor. I think because your background as a chef as well, yeah. you yeah. see the things differently. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I said, I don't really actually have a favorite version. Years ago, it would have been the salted dog when I was young, before marriage, before kids. And the kids came along, we only go to kid-friendly restaurants. So it's now they're getting older, we can start going out to different types of restaurants. You know, uh, then we've just had a uh, two-year-old. So again, we're back to square one. We only go to restaurants like Bella Italia for, because it's 
kids. We yeah. go to the splash for lunch sometimes because it's kids <laughs> yeah. friendly. So we now we, we our life is designed around kids. So if I go out for a meal with my friends or just with my wife and stuff, yes, then we have we will choose a nice restaurant. We'll go out for a meal. But that mainly happens in London because we don't actually have a lot of um, family or we don't have any family. So my wife is a bit funny. She won't let anybody babysit. <laughs> so she will go, no, 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 no. That's not, uh, we'll do it in London. So when we go to London, we go, oh, look, mum. To my other house, well, mum, keep the kids. We're off. <laughs> a couple of days. We'll do that. We'll, I've got a lot of favourite restaurants in the UK. I have favourites over here, but they're pretty much every single restaurant. Anybody who's doing well is my favourite because I love food. I love all different types of food. I love all every food you name. I love it. If they do it right, it's great. Because don't forget, food is amazing. Food we live for. Food makes us happy. Sam, I'll let you go because you've got a kitchen yep. to build. Yep. <laughs> Not this year, next year. <laughs> well, anyway. I've, like got, the, I've got a to restaurant to get about, ready. Yeah. Now I've got a restaurant to really get ready because we've had a crazy night. We're full tonight. We're full tomorrow. And as I said, one of my waiters are short. So today I'm going to go in, turn the restaurant around, reset the whole thing again for tonight's fun and games. I'm sure I'll see you soon. And uh, no, thank you, know, you for having could, me on this. Yeah, we could go fun. for hours and hours because you're such a vibrant yeah, person yeah, and passionate, yeah. and I, I really like yeah, that about you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate thank it. You.